Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, former Decepticons. This is Starscream, and you're listening to Transformation Animation Podcast. With these infernal setbacks never end, the revolution begins now. Well, I just thought it was funny. It, again, it's like, you know, if I have to explain the joke, it's not funny anymore. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Some people just don't get it, though. Uh, well, I like I said, I didn't get it at first either, but then I remembered the, the name of the movie, and I was like, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fun. Again, what really makes it for me is, 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 you know, I can hear Steve in the background going, my precious. <laughs> you know? I just... <laughs> It just made me giggle every time. Uh, okay, all right. And with that, hello and welcome to episode 13 of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve Joe and Mike, and joining me is the ever-chipper Steve Megatron. Hello. Good day. And Pecan Court Michael, hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. Uh, and today in episode, the dreaded episode 13... And I, f- I feel we should be, you know, recording this episode on, like, Halloween or something like that, or Friday the 13th or something like that. I don't it's know. It's very close to Halloween, actually. Yes, it's getting close. It's getting close. What are your kids going to be this year, Michael? Oh, boy. Uh, Gavin decided he wanted to be Batman. <laughs> he nice loves choice. Batman. Yeah. He is the goddamn Gavin. He is the goddamn Gavin. Yeah. Goddamn <laughs> Gavin man. So, uh, yeah, he wants to be Batman, and then Aiden, for some inexplicable reason, decided that he had to be Robin. Oh! You know, wow. and, yeah, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of torn about this, because, you know, I don't think that boys should dress as Robin. Um, <laughs> because I, it has a bad connotation? I know, it's just kind of, yeah, exactly. I, I like it when girls dress up as Robin, I think that's kind of hot. Yep. You know? <laughs> and, and Aiden and I have met a couple girl Robins at conventions. Always cool to see. But, uh, you know, a little kid dressed up as Robin kind of, kind of rubs me the wrong way. It's like, uh... Well, he could it, be uh, Damian Wayne. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, he's he's the the legitimate the, the son of Robin. Batman, so there's no way that yeah, there's that exactly. going on. And yeah. see, the funny thing is, the first thing that I think of is the Jeff Dunham skit with uh, with Melvin the superhero. Do you like Batman? Oh, please. Grown man in a rubber suit running around with a young boy. I don't need x-ray vision to see what the hell is wrong with that. <laughs> well, it's even more wrong because, you know, Gavin's three and Aiden's five, so you got the height difference there. Or <laughs> you got Robin towering over Batman. Okay, this is kind of <laughs> weird, but, you know, Aiden really wants to be Robin, so it's like, all right, cool. Yeah, they have a Robin suit for, you know, five-year-olds, so I, I hooked him up, and he looks pretty good in the Robin get-up. Uh, I tried to get him a Young Justice Robin, uh, which is more black and red right. and, and yellow than, than green and red. Yeah. Because the green, I mean, there, there are Robin costumes out there that you don't just need the Burt Ward, sixty-six. Exactly. You know, you don't need that. You don't need the the hardline metal leather right, looking, right. but you know, uh, Chris O'Donnell version. You know, so right. I mean, there are Robins that's, out there. It's not a real version. That's not a real version. Hey, but, but uh, no, they, like they have the they have the Young Justice version, which is black and looks looks pretty good. But you know, it's not Robin. And most people probably wouldn't get it. I think the costume that he has is more Teen Titans. Oh, you know, okay. it's not it's not the Burt Ward green underwear on on gray tights. You know, it's it's right. more, it, you know, it's Teen Titans. It's more. Uh, <sighs> I suppose if you have the internet, you can look it up and see. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've seen the Teen Titans Robin suit. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it's still green and red, but it's not. You know. Burt Ward, yeah, trying desperately to hide the the uh... the proverbial bat pole. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I can see who's going down the crapper this episode. <laughs> oh man, killing me again! It was it was a it was a part of that Jeff Dunham skit, which I'm gonna have to put oh, between yeah. the intro and the 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 first episode. <laughs> the um, proverbial bat pole. Oh, you're killing me. Yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, so anyway, superheroes for Halloween. Awesome. I might dress up as Alfred. We'll see. That actually creeps me out. <laughs> and then just go up to your kids and be like, do you require anything, sir? <laughs> exactly. Uh, maybe I'll get to drive the Batmobile. We'll see. Um. I pointed out to Michael uh, in an email before we started this, this episode that there's something he needs to look into since he is an iPhone user. He needs to look into Evernote.com because they have, I, th- I believe it's a free application. It is. I, I actually have Evernote. And no, I, I, I like Evernote. But the problem is I can't use Evernote because uh, the iPhone app is, is, well, it used to be pretty crappy. Um from what I understand, it's gotten better, but as it has gotten better, my iPhone has gotten crappier. So, when, as soon as I get my new 4S, 4S I'll start using it again. Okay, yeah. Because um, I'm sure that it'll have Surrey dictation and all sorts of neat tools that I don't currently have that'll make it a lot easier to use. That, uh, Yeah, no, I like I Worst like voice thing ever. What? What? Well, I can't say it works great, you know, because I've been playing with it on Chrissy's phone. 
and it, it's it's it makes for a nice joke if you ask her inappropriate things, but other than that, it's no, useless. actually, it, it works pretty nice. I mean, Chrissy, for what it's intended for, you know, Chrissy asked it, you know, well, I need a raincoat tomorrow, and it told her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said, "What's the weather for Sunday?" It told her, and she'll say, "You, you know, you can't ask it to, to, uh, you know." make you dinner reservations or to buy tickets to the movies, but you can ask it for, you know, the phone number for a restaurant or, you know, when the movie times are, cause it can find that page and show you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we had a fun time playing with it, but, uh, you know, it's still in beta. There's a lot more that it will be able to do eventually. I'm sure. Yes. So one of the things was, one of the reasons why I pointed that out to him, because I wasn't sure if Michael knew about Evernote, uh, was because after last week's episode, he sent me an email basically saying, oh, hey, here are my notes that I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them gives me actual nightmares. It would be awesome, but it gives me a nightmare because what? tiny T-1000 baby in a cabbage patch. I cannot see a Terminator cabbage <laughs> patch doll. Uh, and yes we forgot to mention that sorry did give uh, isaac his his gray hair his white hair streak (laughs) yeah kids will do that to you yep but no Uh, i I like the idea of the the tiny t1000 baby in a cabbage patch because that's what it looked like yeah when they showed sorry as a baby yep um, and yes, Cybertron does look awesome. I actually asked after we recorded last week, uh, after you pointed that out to me, Cybertron looks amazing. I actually asked Derek if there was, Derek J. Wyatt, if there was a high-res version of that somewhere, if he maybe had one or something like that, and he said it's probably not online. Uh, I asked him if he could put it online, and he never responded. Oh. <laughs> so. See, that's the type of thing that he would put on, like, Delightful Tedium. Yeah, and the fan base would go, oh, Derek Wyatt, you're the most coolest thing ever. Thank you, thank you. Um, yeah. And because that's, you know, what makes Derek cool. He does stuff like that. Yes. And we didn't even, I, I can't believe we we skipped over this entire thing, but yes, Ultra Magnus does live in Metroplex. I, <laughs> they didn't show it in robot mode. Well, no. To be honest, if I had seen it in robot mode, I'd want a toy. Yeah. It's like oh, it's like a Omega Supreme. I want an Omega Supreme toy, uh, <laughs> and and seriously, I if I saw a Metroplex figure, I'd you know not even a figure. I'd be happy with just a mock up of the t- <laughs> of a city <laughs> mode because you see it and you you know what it is. It's oh like, yeah. Oh yeah. My inner yeah. fanboy is just jumping up and down and going ah. Yeah, it yeah. it just made me happy to see that. Yes. So Steve, what have you been up to? I hear you are getting into selling your voice, your uh, your your vocal cords. Yes, I'm becoming a vocal whore. <laughs> <laughs> you can buy me else. for a dollar. No, just <laughs> still trying to decide exactly how much you can buy you for, right? Yes, <laughs> I, I'm I'll trying to figure out how much you can whore me out for. Um, didn't uh. <laughs> But, yeah, uh, what I'm going to basically do with that is uh, try and make vocal, like, voicemails, uh, ringtones, podcast stuff. Uh, just, you know, maybe people want a, a goofy call-in character for one of their shows, something. Just 
and they're all going to vary in price depending on what they are. Right. And <laughs> I'm paid by the hour. Yes, I'm paid by the job. Get over Never here, get bitch. paid by the job. Never get paid by the job. I know. <laughs> um, well, one or two of those may be by the, by the job, and the other ones will be hourly. I don't quite know. It depends. But, um, yeah, I definitely want to do that so that, one, I can, you know, be able to put some of it back into stuff for the site, slash equipment or whatever for... Uh, our primary hosts, and then uh, voiceover training stuff. So yes, yes, very. That awesome. would be awesome. Yeah. Yes, you need to get yourself out there. You need to get yourself recognized. I mean, you are recognized in like the majority of the fandoms now, but you need to really start promoting yourself more because you do really, really great voice work. Um, and one final note before we actually head into the episodes today: there is, uh, you know. I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys follow Philomar on Twitter. I do, and he's always talking about because he's always involved with it. He's talking about the black version, which the black version is basically a play based on, you know, they do different plays based on the black version of like Lion King or the black version of Star Wars or Spaceballs or whatever. <laughs> I thought Lion King was the first thing I thought of when Michael posted on Steve's wall about uh, (laughs) this movie called Precious. The first thing I thought of was the black version of of Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't think that at all. Actually, Uh... what I didn't realize is that some people wouldn't recognize the movie (laughs) because it's literally it's it's a it's a obese black woman on a bus. And Gollum is looking through the window at her, you know, and it's it's funny. And I sent it to Steve because Steve does a really good Gollum. Uh, but but I mean the, the the funny thing is not that Gollum is staring through the window at this obese woman. The funny thing is the screen cap is from a movie called Precious, and the morbidly obese woman is named Precious. So I mean, if you knew that and you put two and two together, you've got Gollum looking at the window at Precious. I thought it was hilarious. You know, like, the you comments know. on this are hilarious. We're gonna... She's on the bus. <laughs> precious. Oh, God. <laughs> it makes me giggle every time. Just thinking of that. Yeah. I... That's a fun stock reader. <laughs> okay. I can't breathe. Okay, so we're going to post this. Steve is going to grab this Facebook conversation because there were 13 comments on this thing. And they're just hilarious because it's almost like an argument between Steve, his wife, and... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Everybody else. 
Oh, it's just hilarious. His wife's saying, Steve sucks. (laughs) It's like, dude. (laughs) She's just calling me stupid as in, like, her version of a dork. Oh, okay. She was, was, like, ragging on me that way. Oh, because we're, like, arguing about it. I'm like, Steve is awesome. And she's like, Steve's not awesome. (laughs) And I'm like, man. She's like, you're delusional. No, no, don't let it get you down. <laughs> so no, we were, was, yeah. Sorry, what, what were you gonna say? No, I was all ready to, to harp on that some more, but we we really got to get moving. Yeah, we got to get into the episode, so we'll be back after this. All right, one last guy. How about a Batman? Oh, what grown man in a rubber suit running around with a young boy? I don't have to have X-ray vision to see what the hell's going on there. <laughs> Yeah, I've always kind of wondered about some of these superheroes and their young men's sidekicks. <laughs> you have five men in a suitcase, and one of them's on a stick. Who's sliding down the proverbial bat pole now? Let's put up a fight! Hey, he's up on the clutch, and pop it! What the slag is that? If I had to guess, a forklift, a headmaster unit, an all-spark fragment, and a whole lot of trouble. What are you cogs looking at? You want a piece of me? Try it and you'll be going to scrap you on the cracking box. Whoa! Someone's got a big chip on his engine block. You ever try working for a living, Tiny? Taking orders from the man? Move this, move that. Well, forget about it. I'm in charge now. <laughs> Who stole the mayhem, boss? That's dirt, boss, to you. You got a problem with that? First up today is Three's a Crowd. Oh, where is Dr- Jack Tripper when we really need him? Bulkhead and Isaac Sumdak try to rebuild the space bridge that Megatron had built. When Bulkhead convinces the Constructicons to help out, a combination of a forklift, a headmaster unit, and an allspark fragment gives birth to... Dirt Boss. You say it like it's impressive. Dirt Boss. I say that intentionally because I'm going to tear it to shit in a minute. In a world where a headmaster unit and a forklift and an allspark fragment combine... In a world where your head becomes a whole robot. <laughs> Don't put your stairs. Um, okay, Bulkhead and Sumdak arguing back and forth and trying to be funny. Like, I like the awkward... It's To me, it's not funny. It's more awkward. Because Sumdak specifically says, you're, it's just, it's working for you is like, it's worse than working for Megatron. And then he's like, well, uh, I didn't mean in, like, the evil dick-over-the-world yeah. kind of thing. And Bulgar's like, yeah, I know what you're... It's yeah. just, it's so awkward. It's not funny. It's awkward. Some deck compares Bulkhead to Hitler. <laughs> when Bulkhead is just a really dumb Transformer for the most part, except for his Space Bridge skills. Yeah. Right. Well, that that's all well and good, but, I mean, the last person that I know that compared someone to Hitler got fired. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work out for people's career. Apparently, this isn't the Bayformers universe. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully not. Yes. But I like that this is a, a bulky episode. 
Yeah, you know, basically you got Bulkhead and a little bit of Sumdak in there, but it's mostly, you know, this is a, a Bulkhead-centric episode. And they take the the rest of the cast and they, you know, send them off on a, a wild lug nut chase. Oh, God, don't even get me started on that. That's that's a whole friggin' weight issue right there that I'll get into later. Uh, um, I don't think this episode was necessary. This is probably the one episode out of the entire out of the entire season three that could be thrown away, or they could have done something else. They could have like shown us Team Athena on Cybertron, you know, recovering. They could have shown us more new characters, not the same old story here. And yeah, I know I, I just said that there are no new characters. I mean, Dirt Boss is a new character, but yeah. Oh God! They could have either done I, that. They could have done that, or they could have given us true, actual fucking Constructicons that fucking combine into fucking Devastator for Christ's sake. Well, that's what I'm thinking here. Is that this? This is not a throwaway episode. If there had been a season four, these characters and maybe a fourth or a fifth would have ended up combining in season four. I mean, mm-hmm. you, it's it's obvious that Headmaster is going to be a Devastator head at some point. Uh, no, I mean, sir, the, the one thing that this episode did is they got rid of signal dampeners. Yeah. I, I was afraid I was going to say that wrong. Sing, signal dampeners. Dampeners, yes. But, I mean, right. they they had a, a solid purpose in Season 2, but yeah. in Season 3, it would have given an unfair advantage to the Decepticons, so they, they scrapped those completely. Yeah. And so that's, you know, goal number one. Goal number two is introduce these new Constructicons so that we can get a Devastator in Season 4. Yeah, I guess, but... Um, okay, so... Most of us here have seen in reruns... Batman 1966. I believe all three of us have seen both Grumpy Old Men movies. Um, all the Rocky movies. I think this person <laughs> passed away before this happened. Yeah. But the guy that's... I, I, I'm going to have to look it up to see who actually voices Dirt Boss. I'm sorry, Dirt Boss is nothing but a fucking Burgess Meredith ripoff. I, I can't... I, I don't think so. It is. And honestly, I'm, no, I'm trying to think of which character... And again, I'm, I'm really not good with my 1920s gangster references, but... Uh, or mobster references. But who said Top of the World Ma? It was one of the. It's, a, it's in an old gangster movie, and I oh, think that's what they were shooting for. Because at the end of the episode, Dirt Boss says, "Top of the top of the world, Cogs." Yeah. And so, no, I mean, quick internet search will probably bring it up, but I, I, I'm thinking that's what they were shooting for. I don't think they were shooting for Burgess Meredith, unless Burgess Meredith plays that part, and I just don't know. I don't think so. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure, but. As soon as as soon as Dirt Boss started talking, the first thing I heard was a combination of the Penguin from '66 Batman and Rocky's trainer in in the uh, in, in the Rocky movies, and they were both <laughs> played by Burgess Meredith. And I'm like, seriously, yeah. Burgess Meredith dancing around, going, "You got a problem? You got a problem? You got a problem?" <laughs> um, I could go on. Uh, yeah, you got a problem. I, I, I even had a note for later in the episode when they're, you know, I think, you know, the when um, Bulkhead was fighting with, with the three Constructicons, it, it's so... The only thing this, the, the only thing the Bulkhead versus the Constructicons episode was missing was like, bang, pow, poof! It's like oh. the cheesiness of the 1966 Batman villains. It just is. 
maybe if by cheesy you mean body parts inexplicably and possibly inappropriately stuck into other people's orifices, then yeah, <laughs> cheesy. Uh, so this is a bulkhead episode, and the rest of the time the other Autobots try to lift a lug nut. Fuck this episode. <laughs> They're playing with some tug nuts, and <laughs> the I, I can see where it's kind of a throwaway in some regards. Uh, I also do agree with you, Michael, about the uh, the fact that if they did have longer, they probably would have introduced more constructor cons and had them combine. Because it is fairly obvious that one of them would be a foot, one of them would be a head, and one of them would be an arm. Right. Something like that. Or or something to that regard. Um, yeah. But I could see where they, they needed this episode to finally put an end to the most hated headmaster unit. Yeah, I've got a note about that later that I'll talk about. I I can say honestly, I prefer this over the headmaster any day. Well, yeah. Uh, I, besides I, I, the I, fact that they 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 showed that they like to drink. Yeah. But. I'm not going to jump ahead with my note, but my note about the headmaster unit is in re- in reply to what Kevin will will talk about later in in his clip. So. Uh, what else did you like or didn't like about this one, Steve? Do you have any other things you want to bring up? Uh, just, I mean, I, I, I'm i not a big fan of Bulkhead to begin with, but it, he was he was tolerable in this episode. Uh, and granted, this, this episode was kind of a throwaway other than the fact that the Constructicon edition. Yeah. Uh, but I just, it, it wasn't overall hated. Whereas, like, in previous seasons, I've had episodes where I just downright hate it. Mm-hmm. So, I, I could sit and watch this. Not all the time, but it's it's one of my least watched season three episodes. But it's not bad overall. Now, see, I really... Um, what really pissed me off was, I think, like, I don't know, some website got the, got the episode air date order wrong. Because after Transwarped... I was expecting Where Is Thy Sting. I was expecting the Waspinator episode when this first aired on, on, on Cartoon Network. And then it was this episode. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, God. I don't know. Michael, what do you got for Three's a Crowd? Uh, a few things, actually. Okay. <laughs> I was on mute there for a second. I was re- uh, watching James Cagney in White Heat on YouTube. And this was... Uh, James Cagney going top of the world, Ma. Oh, okay, that's what. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, I was just looking that up. Um, a few things. The uh, uh, Sumdak Tower. I'm not entirely sure how tall it is exactly, but apparently every floor above the uh, the lab has a hundred foot ceilings. <laughs> I just thought it was weird. It's like, shouldn't this be going through like four or five office levels before it hits the bottom? It seems kind of strange that there's only, you know, three levels down, and each one seems to be like this huge abyss. <laughs> but uh, I like that we finally get to see Mixmaster and Scrapper again, mm-hmm. and and they're when we first see them, they're at a strip club. Yeah. No, they're not at a strip club. They're at a car wash. A, 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 they're at a strip joint for cars. <laughs> it looks... Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like, check out the chassis kidding? on that one. Oh, uh, they're not at the strip club. Okay. Hey, baby, <laughs> look at that shiny bumper. It, it's, 
Yeah, I mean, they're basically chugging down beer and watching cars undress. Because they get into that. I don't know. But but Hasbro won't let fans do dubs of episodes and put them on a DVD set. But they'll let them drink and make <laughs> and strip club, strip club yeah. jokes. Thank God uh, Scrapper only comes back one more time. I think I think this is the last time we see Mix, but but we but we will see Scrapper again. But if you had a choice, would you want Masterson in the Headmaster unit, or would you want the Constructicon? A Dirt I'd, Boss? Or? I'd yes. Take I'd take Masterson over Dirt Boss any day. Oh, I'm I'm afraid I have to agree. I I like Masterson. I mean, I like I the like I like the gamer it's speak. Two evils to me. Yeah, I mean, honestly, would you rather have? You know, total ownage time, or would you rather have? They got a problem. They got a problem. They got a problem. You know, I mean, honestly, I found that so annoying. It was grating on my ears. I would rather watch that over Masterson. I the the <laughs> sight of Masterson in the show just it drove me bonkers. <laughs> All right. Well, that and I, I, I'm more used to Masterson now that we've seen him like three or four times. Yeah. Rather than Dirt Boss. Yeah. yeah, we've only seen them once. But uh, I I like that the Constructicons, and this is more of a throwback to G1, I think, but the, the Constructicons love building things more than they love their allegiances. Yeah. You know, up to a point, right? Right. Uh, I mean, even in the beginning, they're, they're, uh, you know, they've got their Decepticon logos that they've had branded into their chests with hot irons, and yet they're, they're still going to, you know, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They're going to go help Bulkhead with his building project because they love to build. This is what they love to do. Yeah. And uh, that was funny. Bulkhead's like, you know, guys, we could still paint some Autobot logos on you. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure. He didn't say anything like, dude, these were branded into our skin with hot irons. <laughs> this doesn't come off. <laughs> uh, yeah, because that was what I was thinking. But, uh, yeah, I mean, so up to a point. They're, uh, well, up until they have Cerebro shells drilled into their forehead, in which case the the allegiance has come out. But I did See, notice... That, that is what... Re- I didn't really catch on to that at first until I watched these episodes, and I'm like, wait, why are they using Bombshell's weapon? Why, well, why does Dirt Boss have Cerebro shells? That makes no sense, but whatever. Why are you hitting yourself? Why are you hitting yourself? <laughs> Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. <laughs> I am not. You are hitting me. It sucks. Oh. 
Yeah, so that I mean that that was fun. I enjoyed it. I like the Cerebro shell idea. Uh, we're never going to see a, a Transformers animated bombshell, so it was cool that they incorporated this in there. Yeah. I almost wish they would have put the uh, Insecticons. Insecticons in. Yeah. Well, again, we can always dream for a season four, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I like. Uh, <laughs> I want to say it's uh, fossil fuels. But, uh, <laughs> I just call it Sludge Industries. <laughs> <laughs> Sly Sludge Industries. <laughs> well, because, you know, they've got Sludge as their logo. Yeah. Or G1 Sludge. I mean, it was yeah. the big Dinobot. It was cool. Yeah. It was really neat. And, you know, since we didn't actually get a Sludge Dinobot, they kind of worked him in there somehow. But I, I really appreciated that. Um, I like seeing Sparkplug. Sparkplug on his way to Sheboygan. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sheboygan. That's just fun to say. Sheboygan. Yeah. It's that place in Michigan. <laughs> is it? Well, I I think it's in a... No, it's in Iowa, isn't it? No, there's a Sheboygan in Michigan. Oh, well, there... well uh, apparently there's, there's a Danville everywhere, so. <laughs> I was about to say, two groups of people in two separate parts of the country, both came up with this word to name their town a Sheboygan. All right, sure, okay. I mean, you know, I'm sure we could, you know, if we really wanted to research this, I'm sure we could find multiple towns in multiple states. I mean, look at Springfield. Almost every state has a Springfield. Uh, Okay, yeah, it's a spring field. I don't even know what the hell Sheboygan means. (laughs) I know it's an Indian name. <laughs> okay. That's right. Derived from the Indian term Milwaukee, which means by the river. Wow. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I was quoting Alice Cooper there in case you didn't. Yes. Yes, you were. Yes. yes. <laughs> okay. So uh, Dirt Boss being happy to throw Mixmaster under the bus because he's expendable. Yeah. And for some reason, he's got a wrecking ball lodged into his wrist. No, he doesn't just have some wrecking ball lodged in his wrist. He has Bulkhead's wrecking ball lodged in his wrist. That makes it sound even worse. <laughs> and, he's and holding his we... balls for him. Exactly. Talk about fisting he's holding some balls. His balls. So he's holding Bulkhead's balls, and he says, Bulkhead, what do we do about these balls? And Bulkhead says, we'll throw some grease on them. <laughs> Let's grease them up. And, and that worked, but... You know, still, like some lube with that grease. That's exactly what he did. Lube and what we, yeah. And then but he that, got drunk, and they all had a big orgy, and it was it wasn't well. <laughs> this is coming up actually because when he finally does come loose, he flies directly into, uh, God, I want to say long haul. He, he flies directly into Scrapper, and Scrapper ends up getting his fist stuck in his chest. So he was fisting his chest. And he's fisting this gaping wound in his chest. I'm thinking, well, I'm thinking this is just wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's comical it in the sense that, that it, again, body parts being stuck in inappropriate areas. Uh, how often does this happen? Is it, I mean, I can see two cars, you know, one rear-ending the other, and their bumpers get locked. I mean, that happens, but they're not sentient, you know? It's like, oh, my bumper seems to be locked in your bumper. Maybe we could pry that out somehow. But no, they, they're, these two people are actually going to die because one has his fist lodged into the other one's orifice. <laughs> that's the way they, uh-huh, uh-huh, they like it. Uh, an orifice, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> he's got this big hole in his chest. He shoots things out of it. But uh, yeah, my only my only real problem with this episode is that they all blew up before they could combine. That's what she and, said. <laughs> See, my problem is you need at least the way I view the Constructicons is G one. Okay, six Constructicons form Devastator. You would need three more to form Devastator. Right. Well, I I could see five, maybe six might be overkill because Devastator was, was weird. Uh, all the other fighters no, all had five. If but you look at the G1 chronologically, you know, there was always six Constructicons in G1. We jump ahead just a wee tiny bit here, and we see a combiner made of two people. And they're yeah. small people. So when they combine, they're still not as big as... I don't want to say the rest of your deluxe size Transformers, but they're still not as big as everybody else. Um, so it's like if you had two Bumblebees mashed up into, into each other, they would they would still only be as big as Ratchet, let's say. But here we have two Constructicons who we know are bigger than all the other Transformers on the show except for Megatron. Yeah, I mean they're bigger they're bigger than Lugnut. I mean they're they're big, and if those two were to combine, let's say. I don't know, one becomes the, both legs and one becomes both arms, and then and you've got a headmaster unit sitting on top of it as the head, that would be a really big transformer. Right. So no, even with just the three, I could see that working. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. But no, I mean, I watched the entire episode thinking they're going to combine, they're going to combine, they're going to combine, and they didn't combine. But they didn't combine. They were too they didn't combine. They ex- <laughs> yeah, they were too they, drunk off the oil. They drank that whole sphere. <laughs> they just glug, glug, glug. And then we mustn't forget that Lugnut was liberated by Ramjet. Yeah, oh, yeah. the liar rescues him. He says, liberate me, and then he's like, sure. <laughs> he's sure. He says, he says uh, you're, you're not going to say anything about this. And he goes, oh, no, I promise. <laughs> and I, I love the liar. You know, I love the liar, and I love the suck-up. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I I really just enjoy the idea of all of these Starscream clones having little bits of his personality. But these two bits of his personality are my favorite. Yeah. Um, as far as what I mentioned earlier about the whole them, all these, you know, well, with the exception, exception of Ratchet. I mean, you've got Prowl, um, Bumblebee, and Optimus trying to lift... Uh, I almost said long arm lug nut <laughs> out of the out of the crater. So you have three skinny bots trying to lift a big fat heavy bot. And the first thing I thought of, and I know this is bad, is the first thing I thought of was uh, when I first was in state's custody at one of my placements. Uh, they sent us away for like a week, not not a week, but like a a day long, you know, trip to commune with nature and obstacle course. You know, you, you see it on TV all the time about kids' optical, obstacle courses of work as a team to lift this person up over this object. Well, sadly, at age 13 or 14, I was probably, I don't know, 150 pounds, I guess. 
And they tried lifting me up and over and it didn't work. So that's the first thing that really offended me about this episode was that you have three skinny bitches trying to lift this fat bastard up out of the crater. That's just wrong. <laughs> I know it's wrong. Let's just move on. Unless, do you have anything else for this one, Michael? I don't think I could top that. Thanks. Uh... <laughs> All right, then. We're moving on. Who's there? Never mind. I don't want to know. What are you doing here? Oh, not much. Just seeking revenge on the bot who ruined Watts' life! Oh, about that. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, turns out it was all a big misunderstanding. Longarm set me up. There, set you up. Actually, set us up. We're both just victims here, right? Buddy? Karen, come in! I need backup. Wasp is here in the plant! Wasp and Bumblebot a lot alike, but one innocent and other guilty. Up next is Where Is Thy Sting? A crazed wasp finds his way to Earth to exact his revenge on Bumblebot, but the elite guard follows him. When Wasp swaps places with Bumblebot, Bumblebot must try to convince the Autobots that the Elite Guard of the Elite Guard who he really is. So basically, will the real Bumblebee please stand up? Okay. Uh... <laughs> I was going to say Slim Bumblebee, but that didn't make any sense. <laughs> and did anybody notice the really, really awesome G1 reference in this episode? Um... Steve, did you notice? Because apparently Michael missed it. I probably missed it. The G1 reference. G1 reference. Happens in the very beginning of the episode. There was one episode in G1 where Optimus Prime tried to coat himself in mustard. Oh, I, no. I, I think that happened, yes. The face in the background of the video game, Bumblebee and Wasp play, is Torque 3. Torque 3 was oh. the main character in a G1 episode titled Day of the Machines. Yeah, that's pretty obscure. That's not obscure. Everybody, I, even I remember <laughs> What I liked though is that he actually had uh, Snake Eyes as the uh, in the Ninja Gladiator game. Yeah, that was awesome. That <laughs> was cool. Your reference there, that was so awesome. I liked that, and I wasn't sure. I'm like, that looks like Snake Eyes. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh, Derek Wyatt actually confirmed that. Yep. Um, I just love Jazz. Anything Jazz does in this series is just awesome. <laughs> Tron Stadium in here too. But what? There's a place called Tigatron Stadium. Oh yeah, that's right. I, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that comes later. Um, they just showed it like in the background. I don't think they didn't actually. Well, yeah, it's going to show episode, it more. In the next episode, they actually go there. It, yeah, yeah, like a... yeah, yeah. Um, Sentinel still still can't drive on Earth, and it gets worse in the rain. It's true. Sentinel um, is still the worst character. Yeah, you know, actually, yeah. as somebody who drives to and from Chicago every day. The, yeah. the minute the minute you get a few raindrops out of the sky, everyone forgets how to drive. <laughs> and it, you know, everyone becomes Sentinel Prime. It's like turn into the skid. They're like, ah! <laughs> you know, running into people, and it's ridiculous. It really is. It, <laughs> ten times worse is the first time it snows. Yeah, <laughs> because it's been at least nine months since anyone has seen snow. But Sentinel is a fucking snowplow. He can deal with the snow. <laughs> That's true. Uh, he doesn't like to play with his plow. 
Now, this next Mr. note, Plow. I want you guys... <laughs> Mr. Plow. Mr. Plow. I'm the Plow King. The <laughs> Plow King. Oh, um, yeah. It was now, a dark and stormy night. Yes. This next note is probably going to have discussion from all three of us, especially Steve. Wait until I finish before you interrupt with your arguments. Um, okay, we know that Scott McNeil is the best Waspinator ever, but for the characterization of Wasp slash Waspinator in this series, I don't mind Tom Kenny's twisted voice. They make Waspinator not a joke in comedy relief as he was in Beast Wars. I think that, you know, giving Waspinator and Wasp, because as I said before in another episode, Wasp is his own character. He, you know, didn't become the Waspinator impression until he went crazy. Um, so I don't mind that they made him slightly more serious and twisted rather than just comedy relief. I mean, comedy relief, Waspinator and Beast Wars is awesome, but this is, to me, it's very clearly different. Okay, Steve, discuss. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can see somewhat of that. I don't like this characterization of Wasp until later. Uh-huh. Uh, the voice, uh, he, while well, he did a good job on it, it's still, because I'm thinking Scott McNeil, because of the original Waspinator, it's just tough to sit and listen to this character. Yeah. I'm well, not saying I don't like the character, because yeah. I do, and I like the concept of how they show that he goes nuts, uh, yeah. before his, um, final episode later on, um, and I kind of, kind of think being that he, you know, practically raped Bumblebee, stole his armor, and, <laughs> well, I mean, there's a scene where he's got him pressed up against the floor, and he's sitting behind him, and, you know, yeah. just bounce a wow wow, and then yeah. they all of a sudden have different armor. <laughs> um, the only difference is the eyes. But, um... Yeah. Nobody notices the eyes. Or, or the and... speech pattern, but, you know, <gasps> nevertheless... Wow, you got really dumb, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not the huge fan on this character to begin with, but he's he's not bad, and and Tom Kenny did do a good job with it for what they were having him portray, because obviously he's not meant to be you know comedic at all. Yeah, he's just yeah. supposed to be dark and, and this wounded mentally character. Yeah, mm. and see, that's what I like about it because it's. It's an homage to Waspinator because Derek J. White has has always said on Twitter and, and wherever else he's he's always been a huge Waspinator fanboy. Um, I like that they didn't just bring the Waspinator characterization from Beast Wars. Scott was awesome in that role, and I think if Scott had been on this, he might have tried to bring that comedy back. So I'm uh, kind of glad. I don't think so. Uh, you never know. I mean, Scott has a huge range. 
Well, and, I'm not. I'm not saying the guy doesn't have a yeah. huge range. And if I'm they had told saying, Scott, if they had said yeah. Scott, we're looking for a serious. You know, we don't want so much. Bzzz, you know, because he's not a bug yet. He's a car. You know, we want more of a serious tone with less buzzing. He, I'm sure he would have nailed it immediately. And I'm not saying that he wouldn't have, but I'm what, what I'm saying is, you know, you go to Peter Cullen and say, Peter, we need Optimus Prime. You go to Gary Chalk, we need Optimus Prime. Well, he's, he's making a return. It's going to be that same voice regardless. So, um, but again, I, I really like the differences in this character and that it took a very different and very dark direction. Right. I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think it's... A... I don't think that's a very good example. Exactly. But no, I think if you if you listen to the G1 Prime and you listen to the Bayformer Prime, it's similar, but it's not the same. He's, he's oh, acting. Right. He's yeah. acting, right? I mean, yeah. there's. I'm sure that they said, you know, we don't want... G1 Prime. We want more gravitas. We want him to be more serious. He's fighting a war. He's not selling toys every week, you know. Right. And and I'm sure Colin went, mm, okay, I can do this, you know. I, I, the same thing with Scott. I'm sure Scott could pull it off. And I, I'm still aggravated that they did try to get him in on that. Well, maybe they did. We just don't know if they could have. Maybe he had other I, commitments. Yeah. You, you never know. The way I um, see it is... Uh, the, I I was I wanted to bring up, uh, what our correspondent had said about Wasp's voice, but uh, I will bring up and said what I thought about Wasp's voice, and I I think he sounds like Stitch. Yeah, he kind of does a little Lilo bit. Lilo and Stitch, you know, and yeah. and that bothers me. <laughs> just, it's like, why does he sound like Lilo and Stitch? I love Stitch. Stitch is awesome. Blue I do touch. love Stitch. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Oh, yeah. I, I again, I I I like that character, and you know, it bothers me when he. Going back to what you said, uh, these Autobots have to be the dumbest people, dumbest robots ever. Going back to what you said about the eye color, seriously, you're looking right at Bumblebee, and he has purple fucking eyes. You mean to tell me that you don't realize it's not him? That and the fact that he doesn't speak proper English. Oh God. Yeah, he had, it was a glitch. I know, but I will say <laughs> I, absolutely loved, I absolutely loved when Wasp ripped Wasp ripped off his 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 face mask. I thought that was awesome. The Frankenstein version of Wasp. I thought that was awesome looking. You could see his brain. Yep, it's pulsating. <laughs> it's pulsating. <laughs> and then we have the strange jets that transform, and you have a fireball right down the middle. Uh. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay, I know both Tom Kenny and Phil Lamar voice Jetfire and Jetstorm respectively. Okay. But I seriously cannot tell that it's them at all. Like I cannot hear Tom's any of Tom's voices in Jetfire and in Jetstorm. I cannot hear Phil's voice at all. I hear more robots like sound effects than yeah. anything. I, I just cannot – I could not tell it was them. I actually had to look on the wiki to see who voiced the characters. I'm, I'm wondering why they would go with that particular mannerism, let's say. The Russian kid? Well, they the... did choose the twins in the Transformer movies, so they had to have twins in the animated series that were <laughs> more acceptable. 
Well, these twins, they're, they're, they're tolerable characters. They're not the best characters, but I don't outright hate them. Uh, and plus, it gave kids a new combiner type with safeguard with just two instead uh. of... Four or five or okay, great. Yeah. Michael doesn't like safeguard. This is it's a crappy character. It's a crappy toy. It's just <laughs> yeah. I didn't even open mine. <laughs> I just couldn't. I, I I think I opened all of my Transformers animated toys, with the exception of that one, just because I. I I don't think it's a good toy. You you just can't figure out whether you want to, play with it to blow it up or to sell it on eBay. <laughs> Uh, I love this quote. Tune up or tune out, old bot. <laughs> Thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Bulkhead is a dog chew toy. He squeaks. <laughs> what like the fuck? I mean, if Bulkhead can't get any worse, they, he he just you know they go through the whole artsy thing. Okay, n- now they try to make up for that by making him a space bridge tech, and now he's a. A dog chew toy squeaking. Seriously? I think they were trying to crank up the cute here as he kind of hops back and forth from foot to foot and making squeaky noises. It was ugly. It almost made my eyes bleed. (laughs) I I, I will accept it. I will let it pass. Bulbous green one makes sense, but cycle motor? Seriously? Oh. God, these twins and their backwards talk. It's like they're the bizarros of the Transformers animated world. I honestly can't understand what they're saying half the time. I can understand some of it, but not all of it. And my final note was, and I wish I could put um, some TFTM instrumental music behind this, but uh, no amount of water can put this Ultra Magnus back together again. Amount of water? Yes, no amount of water. The Junkions put Ultra Magnus back with water and and and, and paper towels. Oh, I thought that was uh, like turtle wax. I I don't. It's the same thing though. It's my my point is there is no reassembling this Ultra Magnus oh. like like Lincoln logs or like building blocks like that's, they did that's in right. TFDM. Yeah, because yeah. Rekgar is still at the bottom of the the lake. Yeah. <laughs> So, Steve, what do you have for Where Is Thy Sting? Overall, I I find it interesting, this episode. Just the whole, uh, the whole plot between uh, Wasp and Bumblebee, because, you know, the, the wrongly accused thing, and then, uh, then you've got Shockwave uh, disposing of certain Autobots, which I kind of thought, you know, Magnus is supposed to be this big, all-powerful bot, and he gets his ass kicked. Well, now let's think about this, though. Ultra Magnus, outside of saying, you know, thundering down his hammer and saying, that's enough, all of you, and driving on Earth. I mean, we really haven't seen him in action. Yes, we know that he was in the Great Wars, and he did fight, and he is battle-ready and all that stuff, but... We've never really seen him fight. Well, so, we've seen him fight with that hammer, but you take that hammer away and... He's nothing. He's nothing without his hammer. I, it's I like Thor. Nothing, but, yeah. uh, oh I'm my sorry. god. Steve just made a Thor reference. Holy shit. <laughs> He's nothing without his hammer. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. What else you got, Steve? I like that Shockwave finally came out of the closet. 
Ooh. So to speak, yes. Basically. <laughs> he um, hasn't shown his true colors yet. Yeah, no. That's, that's <laughs> it's like, like I know that they, and, and I'll tell the story of, because of, I actually asked Eric how that happened, um, and I'll tell that story when we get to that episode, but it just, it, like his actions, his voice, all of that tell, you know, say to me shockwave how his characterization is. But when he's at, he's the shockwave form in the robot mode, the gray just doesn't. Oh, yeah. It's no. not as good as it would be if it were purple. purple. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, <laughs> anything else, Steve, or, or are you done? Um, uh, going back to the uh, video game reference in there. Mm-hmm. That goes back and reminds me of all of the various games Rat Trap played. Yeah, that's awesome, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think any other series has attempted to do something like this, showing that they're doing recreational uh, work, which yeah. this is actually how they discover the difference between Bumblebee and Wasp, which is right. Yeah, freaking weird in my in my opinion of... The fact that they can't tell who's who just by personality and well, eyes. Yeah, and the eyes and all this and all that. I do like the fact of the electronic paint job thing. I like that. I think that's really, really awesome. Well, that's almost like the G1 episode where they uh, had Prime and the others uh, pretend to be... The Stunticons. Yeah, the Stunticons, which was kind of funny. Yeah. But, I mean, that, I think they actually painted them. I mean, they used probably paintbrushes or rollers. No, I thought That's it was like a hologram that they were. Yeah, projecting. yeah, yeah. Like uh, a hound projection. Yeah, I think it was a hound projection in G1. Whereas this, this is a device that electronically changes your paint color. I think that's kind of awesome. I think I'd like that on my car. That would be <laughs> Press a button, it's a new color. Wake Don't up into wax. Wake up on Monday, I have a blue car. Tuesday, I have a green car. Wednesday, I have a black car. <laughs> People will be like, you must be rich. Yes, <laughs> if only you knew. Every time I drive out of my garage, it's a different color. Yeah. But no, it would be great for, like, robbing banks. Oh, God. My getaway car turns around the corner, and it's a different car. And you change your license plate. That's <laughs> right. Because, you know, paint on your license plate is still the same as paint on your car. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what do you have for Where is Thy Sting, Michael? Well, I, I like that they brought Wasp in for an episode, but the identity swap plot device is, is pretty weak. Uh, and that, given the fact that this is just the A story, and the B story is basically an excuse to introduce the, uh, the twins, Jetstorm and Jetfire. Yeah. And their five minutes of stock transformation footage. Yep. So I, I, I didn't dig that. I, I just don't like these characters. I, yeah. I don't like their toys. I don't like their voices. I, I don't like anything. Uh, and I'm, I don't know. I don't want to say I, like, I cringe every time I see them because, you know, there's people that say, at least they're not human characters. But, man, I, I you know, I long for a, a, an angry archer rather than to see these guys on screen. It's annoying. They're not as annoying as Dirt Boss, though. Well, granted, but he gets... He, with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He blows up and goes boom. So Yes, yes. Yeah. They teleport him out to sea and then he goes boom. Uh, I, I was reading the TF Wiki on this episode and they insinuate that Bulkhead isn't acting very Autobotly. Uh, Coin the, the TFG1 phrase. <laughs> I get a dollar every time everyone says that. So Don't say it. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, Bulkhead is attacking anything that moves here. It's like, what? It could be Wasp? Oh, I'm going to kill it! You know, and it, it, it's like, it's not really Wasp, it's it's Bumblebee, you know, painted up as Wasp. I don't care, I'm going to kill it anyway. And it, he's trying to th- you know, throw his uh, wrecking ball at him. I love how they do the... Um... The bulkhead flashback where Bumblebee says Bumblebee as Wasp says something, and then it just like super anime imposes over like it, it super zooms into Bulkhead's eye because it's like, holy shit, you're right, Bumblebee. Oh yeah, that's not Bumblebee. And then of course you have you know, yeah yeah five, yeah five minutes later, then you have Sentinel saying, ah, we'll take them all in. Yeah, to kill them all, it's Ultra Magnus sort them out. You say kill them all, let God sort them out, but no, it's, uh, yeah, we'll bring them all in, let Ultra Magnus sort them out. Yeah, Ultra (laughs) Ultra Magic. (laughs) He's now a Harry Potter character. Wow. Yeah, that was just me mispronouncing things, I'm sorry. Uh, Wow, yeah. What else you got? Uh, That about covers it. I mean, I... I, I, I yeah I see this episode as a throwaway. I, I know that they they bring Wasp in into you know in this episode so that they can reintroduce Except- him for an, a later episode, which is great. You know, and I really like where he's going. Yeah. But again, you know, I like that they brought him in. I don't like that that they use the B story to introduce the twins. I mean, they they could have done a lot of more interesting things here with this, especially with this. They've been setting this up for ever since last season. Yep, with the whole traitor thing with Wasp, yeah. Yeah, and I, I it, it bothers me that in the last episode, uh, at the end, you've got Ramjet, the liar, and Lugnut basically sailing off toward the heavens, and then you don't see them for a whole other episode. And it's like, well, I wonder what they're doing. Why, <laughs> why, aren't, why aren't we seeing more of them? plotting and scheming and trying to figure out where's Megatron and where's our teammates and what do we do now? Uh, where's our place in the world? And uh, as opposed to introducing these two new characters that I really don't like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only thing that really makes me mad and we will get to this when we get to episode, I think it's episode 18 of transformation animation podcast. But, um, when they first started releasing RCs and Rodimus Miners and all this and all that, they had advertisements on those packages for repaints of Blur and repaints of Bumblebee. The repaint of Bumblebee was going to be Fugitive Waspinator, which is basically going to be a green animated Bumblebee, but he was going to have purple eyes and everything else. I never cared for the Waspinator toy. 
I, I just don't care for it. But I absolutely wanted Fugitive Waspinator, and we still have never fucking gotten that toy. And to be honest, that's a layup. I mean, they they weren't even going to put a separate head on it. They were just going to use the straight-up Bumblebee mold. Yep. And repainting a figure, it, it, as much as we complain about it, it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a layup. It's easy yep. to do. You've already got the mold. You've already got the tooling. It's done already. Yep. Just paint them a different color. Yep. So I think that's going to do it for Where Is Thy Sting? We are going to move on. Are you certain that's the helmet you saw? Absolutely. Take a hollow scan. It'll last longer. Quite a waste of space. Thank you, Wopath. You may remove the stasis cuffs. You sure, Master Yukitron? He's a feisty one. Ask me. He should rust in the stockade. Any Autobot who won't fight Decepticons is no better than a con himself. We're at war. It's not my war! Then maybe I should take you out back and make it your war. I believe I can take it from here. Lousy draft dodging piece, Nick. Why should I risk my chassis for anyone? Nobody ever risks their chassis for me! Keeping you out of the stockade, I am risking something for you. But if you are willing to learn, that risk could be very rewarding. A rusty old bolt bucket like you? Teach me anything? Doubtful. <laughs> I will make you a deal. If you can get out the door before I stop you, you are free to go and all charges will be dropped. See ya! If you would care to learn, you may stay and make yourself useful. You can start by cleaning up this mess. And finally up today is Five Servos of Doom. Sentinel Prime has incredible success capturing fugitive Decepticons, Sunstorm, Blitzwing, Swindle, who is still frozen in vehicle form, and Lugnut. This leads Prowl to suspe- suspect he is getting help. Um... <laughs> He makes no bones about it. <laughs> yes, no, he doesn't. What are you saying? I'm saying you got help. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Swindle stuck in vehicle mode, so he wasn't disassembled at the police impound. Yay! Yeah, but he doesn't talk either. Mm, well, didn't they? Yeah, because he's still stuck in vehicle mode. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that the effects of the slow mo ray are, are still uh, affecting him. Oh, well, I mean, he could talk in vehicle mode before. Right. But after you get hit, like, with a huge blast from slow-mo's slow-mo ray, he couldn't talk anymore. <laughs> you can't talk anymore. Yeah. He became slow. <laughs> uh, okay, so seeing that helmet drives Prowl into a flashback. I, I swear, every time... I see flashbacks, or every time I see a, a moment where someone flashes into, where someone camera pans into someone's face for a flashback, yeah. the first thing I think of is Doofenshmirtz. 
Flashback. <laughs> when I was a young boy. <laughs> yeah. My parents weren't there for my wedding. Or my, <laughs> my own birth. I can't do it justice, but yeah. I was raised by ocelots. <laughs> That's not a euphemism. I was actually raised by wild cats. Yes. (laughs) All right, getting back to Transformers here. Ooh, Warpath. Warpath. Warpath is awesome. It was awesome. It was cool. And right about that time is when everyone was saying, we need a Warpath toy. (laughs) It didn't happen in TFA, but it did eventually happen. And the Warpath toy that we ended up with is pretty sweet. Yeah, it's it's an H-Tank. The... (laughs) The only thing that, like, I like this characterization of Warpath, but he could have put a, you know, pow zowie in at the end as he was exiting. He did. I didn't I didn't hear it. If I heard it, I must have really overlooked it because I didn't really hear it that much. On his way um, out the door, he's like, bang, pow. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't like bang, pow. It was just like bang, pow. You know, as oh, he's walking okay. out the door. Yeah, was... see, that's that's why I didn't pick up on it because it wasn't the. It's yeah. in the. Uh, I want to say it's in the TF Wiki page uh, under quotes where he's like, "Bang, pow!" You know, freaking peaceniks. You know, as he walks out the door. Yeah. Um, ooh, George Takei or Takai as uh, as Yoketron. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, this episode is chock full of awesome. Yeah, it is. It, you've got, it really you got is. George Takei as Yokitron. You've got Lance Henriksen as Lockdown. Uh, this huge thing on Prowl's backstory. Um, Tigatron Stadium. And finally, you get to see it, and, and you get in there. You're inside Tigatron Stadium. It looks like every other stadium. Uh, they have a huge homage to uh, Hideko Yoke. Yeah. Who is the, the guy who actually created Optimus Prime. Yeah. He's the guy. Uh, I met him once. Yes, yes, I did. I met him at a BotCon. Really nice guy. Really nice guy. I mean, I didn't speak much English, but but uh, you know, shook his hand, said, you know, thank you for being, thank you for coming, and he said, well, thank you for coming. <laughs> I was like, mm, I would have come anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it was just very cool to meet him. Yeah. The uh, the one thing that that really kind of bugs me about Takai's version or Takai voicing Yoketron is every time he says Prowl's name, I hear him saying Prowla. And it's, I don't know. It was just, it was really weird to me. I I could it's be very reading, Japanese. Yeah. I could be real I, reading too much into it, but well, um, I wouldn't say old, but no, I mean, that's, that's a Japanese pronunciation and especially yeah. every, uh, I want to say it, all of the ERs in his speech are changed into like an AH. Yeah. You know, and it, it it's uh it's it's weird cuz you know, you'd go to an Asian guy and say speak more Asian. You know, it's like ask, asking uh oh, I forget his name now, but asking the that old Asian guy to do Mr. Miyagi, you know. It's oh, like Pat I Marita. Yeah. yeah, it's like Pat Marita. I know you don't really talk like this in real life, but could you Asian it up a bit, you know? Walk Sultan? Walk Exactly. So it's just like that, but it's like George Takei, and he's like, Yes. You know, it's like George Takei. I know you don't talk like this. I do not. You know, it's like, no, I know you sound awesome, but can you uh, can you make it sound a little bit more Asian y? Yeah. But no, he um, nailed it. I really, I really yeah, like the did. characterization. I, I, yeah. I love anything George Takei does. 
Yeah. He's just he's he's just oh, an awesome voice. Oh really? Actor. Well, there's a there's a certain episode of the Sweet Life on Deck you should watch. Then anyway, um, <laughs> really is he on it? Yeah, he, he guest stars. Yeah, no, he no he he guest stars as as a character on Sweet Life on Deck. Um, yeah, I don't remember that. I'll, I'll point it out to you later because I, I know you don't care about that show, but I'll point it out to you later. I hate that show. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyways, except for that uh, one episode with George Decay, and then there you go. All right, so um, you the the scene where Prowl's like, "Oh well, I'll I've got this portal form here. I will save you, Master Yoketron. You can't cheat death. Sure, you can. Not really. I don't. Well, he just did. You know, I'm well, surprised Yokitron didn't get up and say, "Holy crap! Quick thinking, Prowl. Good job. I can but, I can live another couple million years now." But the lesson here is is that everything has its endpoint, and you need to you know you don't need to waste the beginnings of new life. And the the weirdest thing popped into my head was a few year a few years ago it happened on SVU. They've they've had a couple of these cases on special law and order special victims unit about embryos, and I have no idea why that popped into my head when I was watching this episode. Uh, I kind of already mentioned it, and I know Michael doesn't like it. Uh, the Jet Twins they're tolerable. They're uh-huh. not like they're not like the worst thing. They're not gonna like make me you know seep blood out of my eyes but i mean really the main thing with this episode is we get a lot of prowl backstory the fact that prowl was an insubordinate little bot in the beginning and he wasn't what he is now (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. you know just how far he's come i think that's great that they were able to dedicate a whole episode just to develop his character more i thought that was awesome right i thought that uh, young prowl sounded a lot like bumblebee a little bit, yeah. You know, I mean, just the, the characterization where, you know, I'm the fastest thing on wheels, bitch, you know, and he tears out of there and Yokitron shoots around him and kicks him in the head. Yeah. Uh, yeah, even as Warpath is beating the snot out of him, or attempting to beat the snot out of him, he's like, <laughs> screw you, man, you know, I don't gotta do what you say. And it just seems very Bumblebee-ish to me. And yeah. and again, you're, sa- you're, you're saying, oh, he's come so far. And I'm I'm thinking, well, we know that Prowl is giving, I don't want to say ninja lessons, but self-control lessons to Bumblebee as early as season two. And if he had continued, would, well, I don't want to say, do you think that uh, by season four, maybe, we're talking Bumblebee here, let's say season five, if we might see an elite guard Bumblebee in Prowl colors, who has more of a Prowlish attitude? I doubt it because Bumblebee washed out of the Elite Guard. Once they, they've made it very clear and animated, once you wash out or once you're kicked out, you're out. I don't think that would be the case because Prime washed out as an Elite Guardsman, but at the end of the series, he's got the hammer. Well, that's because Ultra Magnus is still in sick bay, you know, half half torn apart. Right, right. But regardless, I mean, at this point, he's like. I rule the free world, bitches, you know, and <laughs> and he's a washout. So, I mean, I, I'm sure that, uh, you know, if Bumblebee had traveled the same path as Prowl, by the time you get Bumblebee doing processor over matter, he could be, uh, again, in the, in, the, in the gold and the black elite gold colors or elite guard colors. Right, yeah. Um, I really like the ending to this. I like how it, it kind of came full circle with um, with Prowl getting the, the helmet. Right. Uh, I Side thought that was Prowl. cool. 
Huh? Sidecar Prowl. Oh, God, don't even start. I just, love that figure. It's awesome. Just don't even start. Um, <laughs> but Lockdown gets away. Yeah, well, Lockdown always gets away. I mean, you know, they've never really captured Lockdown. Well, uh, Lockdown has single-handedly taken out all of the Decepticons at this point. Yeah, In this much. episode, within the space of a couple of days. So yeah. I don't think anyone's ever going to lock him up. You know, and the other part of that note was nice ending, although I wish we had more Ninja Jazz. I, I like Jazz as a ninja and his moves a lot more than I like Prowl and his ninja moves. I don't know, I just, I, maybe it's just because I like Jazz better than Prowl. Well, I, I like Prowl, but what shocks me, though, is, well, two seasons ago at this point, he was still kind of green, and, you know, he's the ninja, but he's not a team player, and he never finished right. his training, and, and now yeah. he's now he's pulling a Matrix, and there's, like, rubble rotating around him, <laughs> and he's, you know, doing the processor over matter like a, like a super ninja. You know, yeah. he rivals Yoki Tron at this point. And yeah. it's like, wasn't it just a couple seasons ago that... You know, he was getting his ass handed to him because he wasn't a team player, and pretty much, just, yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's like how did he get from here to there, how, yeah. or from there to here? I should say, how did that happen? And maybe it's from associating with jazz. I don't know. Could be, um, Steve. What did you have for uh, the final episode? Um, I liked the uh, the fact that uh, Yoki Tron was in it. Uh, I like the design of the character. I don't think... Did they ever make a toy of that? No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, I, I like that they brought George Takai in there to play him. Yeah. That was kind of a nice touch. They always have him kind of come in and uh, do, like, the sensei-type father figure, you know, for any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. In, in a lot of series. So it was kind of nice to see him doing that. Uh, I think it's funny how... Uh, Prowl saw him die and then tried bringing him back in another protoform, wasting the protoform. Because Yoki Tron's like, nope, just let me die. Yeah, that was... <laughs> he just uh... turns himself off. He's like... <laughs> I have to turn gray now. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I'm one of the few characters on the show that gets to turn gray twice. See ya. <laughs> you know, and he dies. But uh, Warpath was kind of interesting, nice touch in there. Uh, I like the fact that all the Decepticons were locked up behind uh, force fields. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, and they were on display. It's like going to the zoo. I love the mouth <laughs> clamp. They're all, I like Blitzwing's mouth clamp. He got three. <laughs> no talking. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No giving it away, all right? Uh, I like the, the suck-up. He's like, you would be so proud of him. <laughs> he <laughs> slaps the clamp on him like, shut up. The uh, funny thing about the, uh, and, and going back to the switch of the protoforms, it looks like he took a matrix out of the chest and moved it over. Yeah, it does look like that, doesn't it? Just because of the weird way they do that, or handle it in the series. Yeah. It, well, the fact that it has handles. Yeah, yeah exactly. He wanted to put his love handles on him, but anyways. Oh. <laughs> Prowl touched Yoki-chan in handles he should never see. Oh. Um. Wow. Okay. Yes, I went there. Wow. Yeah. 
And uh, he grabs that matrix and then rise. And he just shoves it in another body. Well, that's not where I was shooting for. I was going for more of a G1 movie reference, but yeah. <laughs> well, he didn't glow oh, and become no. a prime. Oh, no. You, oh, my God. Michael, you're so horrible. Well, Yoki's trying to prime? Come on. How awesome would that have been? No, I just got the whole thing of what you were saying because the first because once I got it, I, the line popped into my head: "Arise, Rodimus Prime." Exactly. And then you hear the transforming sound. <laughs> and then... Optimus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Prowl's leaning over him. That would have ruled. He would have like Prowl kneeling, "Yes, my master," and Yoki Tronus Prime going, "Yeah, touch." <laughs> that would have ruled. With a uh, disco ball in there, that that room actually had a disco ball. That's right. Yep. They had all the pieces in place. It could have been epic. <laughs> they call him Prowlatron. Oh wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, but yeah, there there were a lot of nice uh, homages in here. Uh, in any case, but. It it was a pretty nice episode, and it was you know it, it kind of in the same time foreshadows you know them with them saying, you know everything has its end. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Let's not this, give away oh, the foreshadow. Yes. Yeah. Let's come on. Let's not spoil oh. that. <laughs> well, I I would like to tie in this episode with with the other episode where you know he gets his. Uh, where where he first got his sidecar and. and you know, it's like, you know, you're not ready for these upgrades yet. You know, you're. Did you see the. I posted to you on Twitter last episode I told you about, or when we first started talking about Prowl's sidecar. I told you it reminded me of what uh, the, the sidecar bike that Vulcan Skull uh, <laughs> ride in in Power Rangers. Did you see that tweet that I made to yeah, you? Yeah, you gotta I put did. that theme song in there for when they're in their car. Uh. <laughs> um. But, I would like uh, to. I would like to ride one of those. I think that would be cool. God, that no, that would be too scary. I can't <laughs> drive a moped, so I'm not. <laughs> I'm not enthused about a motorcycle. I have to have the four doors thing. Well, yeah. it's a motorcycle with a third wheel, and you've got like you know your buddy riding on that third wheel. <laughs> I mean, how cool would that be? I like the old World War II model, like the those the, you know the one in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah, how bad would that rule to own one of those? Yeah, that would be awesome with a that pair of goggles be... and an aviator jacket. That would rule. <laughs> I would uh, be the biggest geek in the world riding around on that thing. So, what do you have for five servos of doom, Michael? Sing Unless, were you done, Steve? Oh yeah. Okay. That would be me. Nice thing. Doom. I got nothing. Or, or, I, mean, I love this episode. I really, I honestly love this episode. There's so much goodness here. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's like my favorite one, but conversely, I have the least amount of notes. Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, when we're, you know, I've, I've said this in other podcasts, when we're analyzing stuff, when we're nitpicking at stuff, we have a lot of notes. When we're just, we just we're end just up sitting there watching it. it yeah. It's like, you know, that's like my notes in, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a bridge too close in both parts. I wrote so much action because there's nothing to really, you can't really dissect anything in a battle scene yeah you know i mean that's the same thing here uh i mean it's not that there was all this action going on i mean there was action toward the end but i mean there's there are things that overanalyze here i mean you've got uh let's say you've got the 
the ninja bot oh um tro I don't want to call it a trophy room, but literally they go inside and it's a round chamber with bus of all of the the ninjas in it in there. And, you know, Ultra Magnus is, is is there, I believe, which makes me wonder how he got his ass handed to him by Shockwave. Uh but then they've got a lot of other uh more obscure Transformer heads there like Diatlas and um I want to say a whole bunch of Japanese Transformers that I can't remember off the top of my head. But so I mean, we could go into a thoroughly in-depth conversation about all the all the the heads in there and why there's one missing. And it's like, oh, who could that be? You know, well, we find out who it is. It was Lockdown. You know, the fact that Lockdown was one of Yokitron's students and he went he went rogue. He he went bad. Yeah, I mentioned to a, a friend of mine on Twitter, uh, Marai Baby. She is a Lockdown super fangirl. <laughs> and I Shit. mentioned to her on on uh, on Skype, because I was on a Skype conversation with her, I was like, I didn't realize till tonight that Lockdown used to be an Autobot. And she said, yeah, then he went rogue. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he would have been an Autobot. Yeah, because Jokitron wouldn't uh, train a Decepticon. And he's a car, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and then the, yeah, so, I, I, didn't, I didn't think about that, but yeah, he's a fucking car. He's a car. Well, of course, he's an Autobot. So, so yeah, he's an Autobot. But then he turned. He and again, he didn't really turn evil. He's just kind of. He's kind of neutral. He's kind of, you know, let's say chaotic neutral. He likes to keep. He likes the bounty hunt. He likes to keep the stuff. Right, but I mean, he's not. You know, he's not a full-on Decepticon, as you said. He is neutral, but being neutral, he's still gonna do the evil thing over doing good. Yeah, again, he's chaotic neutral. So, okay. well, well, again, if you're into the whole D&D, &D, uh, you know, where, where exactly do you fall on the spectrum, okay? Right. Uh, and another thing is when they walk into the uh, protoform chamber. I mean, you've literally got this, I don't want to say a deep well, but yeah, maybe like a deep well. It's the uh, well of all protoforms. It's a well, exactly. It's it's <laughs> like they've they've got like this missile silo where you look down into this, <laughs> and the walls are lined with with uh, stasis pods straight out of the Beast Wars, you know, and and they're all full of Beast Wars style protoforms. Yeah, that's so awesome. It it is cool, but then the question becomes, you know, number one, how they all get in there? Where do they come from? Uh, number two, where did they go? We know Lockdown came and took them, but we don't know what happened to them. I mean, did, did Megatron just use them all up as soldiers? And Is that where Stryka came from? Did he, did he take a protoform and create a, a big Bavarian woman? Well, we know... Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, this is well, what we it is, right? Those protoforms ended up. Do we? Where? Well, we know that, that Starscream had a bunch of them. No, 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 no. Because she was using them to make you clothes. Co you completely missed it. Oh, we sorry, know but... exactly where one of those protoforms ended up. It ended up as a T-1000 baby in a Cabbage Patch thing. Well, I'm not convinced that that Sari is one of those protoforms. She could be, though. It's no, possible. she's a she's a T-1000 Cabbage Patch. She's a, she's a little tiny say, little so baby. St. Lockdown was in a battle with the Autobots, and the Autobots maybe shot his ship, and he got he, his ship got damaged, and he landed on Earth, and maybe 
the protoform that eventually came up to be sorry fell into you know some decks field or something I, it, I'm, I'm actually thinking it's probably something it would have been something a little more interesting than that I think that I think again that's something that would have popped up in season 4 that's what exactly is sorry I think that you know we would have found out that she might have been like uh, a secret Children weapon type corn. of thing well no <laughs> but it's like they, they're going through all this effort to, to make this huge super robot you know so Omega Supreme Project Omega and maybe there was uh, a concurrent program that went the opposite way. You know, we don't need this huge super bot. What we need is something small and stealthy and and just completely packed with weaponry. And, Micromaster. And, exactly, like a Micromaster that's, that's made just to, just to kill everything in its path. And what we see later on when Sari actually upgrades herself with the key is that she turns into a very small super weapon packed with weaponry. It destroys everything in her path. So, I mean, I I, I think that they could have done something really interesting with this if, if given more time. But I don't think that the, the T-1000 Cabbage Patch Sorry Baby is the same as the the more skeleton-like or, or, or blank template-like protoforms that line the walls in, in Yokitron's chamber. All I'm saying is it's a possibility. I'm not saying it's definite. I'm just saying it's yeah. possible. It was never written. We don't know. And, and you know, if you ask Derek, he's just going to go, I don't know. We'll think about it too much. <laughs> it's like, dude, that was two jobs ago. Honestly, quit obsessing. <laughs> so what else you got? <laughs> I think that's all I got, really, because uh, and again, there's a lot here to, to nitpick on. There's a lot here to to see, I think Kevin mentions the fact that Optimus Prime would never will, willingly destroy human property. Uh, yeah. you know, and it, to me it seemed kind of odd that, that you got a Transformer on either side of the Jumbotron ripping it out of its moorings to throw it on somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got the fact that, that um, Prowl suddenly suddenly finds finds it within him to beat the snot out of lockdown and yet not capture him. It's And, and you know, Prowl's got all these superpowers now. And and yet in the coming episodes we don't see him in the in the uh, the armor anymore. So I don't I don't know. Again, there's a lot here. There's a lot here to play with. There's a lot here to discuss. But but it it it's it's uh it's the type of thing where it's just so awesome that you don't want to write everything down. You don't want to nitpick. You don't want to obsess too yeah. closely on it because it's it's you're just enjoying the episode so much. Yeah. All right, so we're going to head to some ads and then we're going to go to Cybertron to hear what Kevin has to say. We'll be back to close the show after that. Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Soundwave, jam that transmission. Rumble frenzy, ravage rabbit, inject operation interference. No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show now co-host Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out. Oh. 
Welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Stan Bush here, and I dare you to check out Radio Free Cybertron. This is Brian Kilby, host of Radio Free Cybertron, the original Transformers internet radio show, and one of the world's first podcasts. First online in 1999. Yes, 1999. We've been doing this for a while. We are also the official podcast of tformers.com, and quite frankly, we're pretty awesome. So check us out, tfradio.net. You can now hear our show on Stitcher Smart Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Blackberry, or Palm phones. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it for free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smart way to listen to radio. Hey guys, it's your Cybertronian correspondent, Optimus Solo, reporting live from Cybertron, giving you my thoughts on the next three episodes of Season 3 of Transformers Animated. Before I get to the episodes, I just want to clear up a few things uh, that were brought up in the last episode of TAP. Uh, first of all, yes, I have seen Beast Machines. What kind of Transformers fan do you think I am? Uh, actually, Beast Machines was one of my, for a long time, was my number one favorite uh, Transformers series of all time, and I definitely preferred Stryka and Beast Machines way more than Transformers animated. Um, I thought it was way better uh, in Beast Machines. And to answer another question, no, I do not want Casey Kasem to come back and do Cliff Jumper because Casey Kasem is one of my least favorite voice actors of all time. So let's get that out of the way, and let's move on to episode 33, or the fourth one in season three, which is entitled Three's a Crowd. Episode 33, Three's a Crowd, uh, written by Rich Fogel. Um, first thing we see is the Headmaster unit. Ugh. Uh, you guys said I would only have to see it one more time, and this is number two already. Uh, Professor and Bulkhead being chums was a kind of a funny little bit when they were laughing with each other and kind of working together. Um, and a sp- we get a new bot in this one, a spare part slash headmaster slash constructicon mashup piece of crap. Yeah, definitely not a big fan of that guy. Um, I did like him better than the other two constructicons probably, and the headmaster actual unit was less noticeable and didn't look as stupid, so the look wasn't that bad. Uh, it was just kind of a weird character. Um, 
I don't really have much to say about Three's a Crowd. I don't understand the point of this episode. I think this was supposed to be an episode one, or a season one. I'm pretty sure this episode belonged in season one, because it was just another one of those pointless episodes. Um, it wasn't as terrible as some of the episodes we've we've seen, but really not much to like here. I'll give it a four out of ten. Um, moving on to episode 34 in the fifth one of season three, Where Is Thy Sting? Written by Todd Casey. Um... This guy has a history of not writing very good episodes, so I'm a little bit scared, but right away we get more Jazz and Ultra Magnus, so I will give him a shot here. Um, All I can think of when I see Waspinator is that he's a combination of Waspinator, Gollum from Lord of the Rings, and Elmo from Sesame Street. Uh, This Waspinator is a travesty as a character. Um, I don't know, it's just... It's not as terrible as some of the other characters I've not liked, like another one that we'll see in this episode. It's just, the voice just doesn't quite cut it. It's not the look of the character. The look of the character is fine. It's, the voice is just off. And I'm not saying it has to be Scott McNeil or somebody else. It's just still lacking something. Um, The whole Waspinator versus Bumblebee and who's who is a very interesting idea. Obviously, it's been done before. um, You know, and G1 had the two Optimus Primes, and we've seen it in multiple different times, but it's still a good idea. It's it's a good storyline, and I like the way they, they carried it through here um, with them looking like each other, etc. Uh, obviously, you guys have probably gotten into that during the episode. Uh, Sentinel Prime still sucks. Shockwave is maybe the best that I've liked him in the whole series in this episode. I've liked him throughout, but this is his, like, so far, his best moments were in this episode. It was just pretty freaking cool when he was in there. Uh, Jetfire slash Jetstorm. Not very cool looking, and shitty voices, but a decent idea for the whole two-in-one bot and the whole combining and being able to have an automobot, automobot? Yes, an automobot that uh, flies. But I just don't like their look or their voices, but the idea behind it was solid. Um, When they were playing video games, I actually didn't mind this because it's finally actually having a Transformer performing an actual human trait that makes sense instead of like having taste buds and crying and smelling and and stuff like that and drinking oil or whatever. I can picture Transformers actually playing a video game that's not something that's beyond their their program or their capability. So that's actually a human trait that makes sense. my favorite moment of the episode was when Jazz uh, said that he tuned out half of what uh, Sentinel Prime spits out. Even Jazz can't stand Sentinel Prime. That confirms that we're right on that one. Um, did everybody catch the moment when Bulkhead turned into a squeaky toy? It was like a rubber ducky there for a second. That was weird. Um, excellent ending to this episode. The Overall, the episode was solid. Um, I loved the whole Waspinator Bumblebee angle. I loved that we had a lot of Jazz in there. Um... Overall, I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10, which ties it for the best episode of the entire series so far. So Where's Thy Sting and Todd Casey actually came through this time, 8 out of 10 on episode 34. Moving on to the last episode for today, which is episode 35, the 6th of season 3, Five Servos of Doom, written by Andrew R. Robinson. First of all, the obvious thing is you think of Five Faces of Darkness, Five Servos of Doom, so I'm scared. But the fact that Andrew R. Robinson wrote it is going to take away that fear because Andrew Robinson has written two of the three best episodes of the entire series so far. So I have hope for this one. Um, We see Warpath. Warpath is cool. Uh, Yokotron, although a decent character, has to be the worst Transformers name in history. It was a good voice, it's a good character, but the name has to be one of the worst names I've ever heard come out of a Transformers series. Um, I love the idea that the whole episode we had a lot of Prowl jazz scenes. A Prowl jazz scene or episode is 
would have been the best thing ever if they if this was like Prowl from G1 and Jazz from Transformers Animated. Uh, that would have made one of the most epic episodes of all time. It was still good though, and I liked all the Prowl Jazz scenes. Everybody knows my feelings on Prowl though. Um, the close up on the faces though when they reacted was really badly done from an animated standpoint. Um, I liked the whole idea of them capturing Decepticons and trying to figure out how Sentinel Prime's getting it done and the fact that the Decepticons are actually in the jail cells. We don't see that very often in Transformers history where uh, people are actually captured and put in like, jail cells or holding cells or stuff like that, so that was cool. Uh, Eve, my one nitpick for this entire episode... Well, I have two minor... I have one very minor nitpick and one bigger nitpick. The one minor nitpick is at the end, the Autobots don't have it in them to destroy human structures. They would have never taken that stadium apart and thrown that down in the Decepticons. That's not something Autobots do. So that's just a minor nitpick. Even though it works and it makes sense, that's not something that's there. they would do. They would never destroy human property like that. Um, but my major nitpick is the whole Cyber Ninja thing. I, I was able to see past and still enjoy the episode and enjoy the um, the lockdown and the um, prowl angle with Yokotron and everything, but the whole idea of Transformers being Cyber Ninjas is pretty lame. Um, maybe kids would go for it, and that you know this is a series written for kids, but that's my only complaint about this episode. Um, Five Servos of Doom was definitely better than Five Faces of Darkness, and mainly just for the whole lot of prowl and jazz moments. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 7 out of 10 and um, send it back to the guys on Earth. So far, we're looking good in Season 3. I did notice that Sari was absent from all of these episodes, and there was a very little humans in them, which is probably why I, I liked at least the last two. So we get 4 out of 10, an 8 out of 10, and a 7 out of 10. Uh, let's see what, what the guys think of my thoughts here. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. Thank you to the Cybertronian correspondent, um... Yes, sorry, we didn't realize you were a huge Beast Machines fan. And in my own defense, it wasn't me that called you on on that, it was Wilson. Wilson did it. Well, it was totally me, but, I mean, still, it, it, it begs the question, you know, hey, why are you bad-mouthing on Stryka? Don't you know who Stryka is? Yeah. It didn't seem like it to me. but. Okay. And his other point to us before we got into his episode notes was... He doesn't like Casey Kasem as a voice actress, so he wouldn't want Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper in animated. Oh, yeah, I, I caught that. Now, I I could see Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper, but the deal is Casey Kasem has one voice. Mm-hmm. He he does one voice, and when you hear it, it's like, oh, that's Casey Kasem. It was the same thing in G one when you heard Cliff Jumper. It was, oh, that's Casey Kasem. But I think now nowadays they. Uh, well, I don't want to say nowadays, but but uh, basically, in the last what five six years, all of the characterizations of Cliff Jumper have been, you know, Cliff Jumper the badass. I want to carry the biggest gun and charge headlong into the largest crowd of subcons that I can find. Yeah. And I don't think that that voice lends itself to Casey Kasem very well. Oh no! Yeah, right. I mean, I think in the animated series it probably would have because of technically he's just a data clerk or he's a, he's technically a, a, a secretary is what he is in this. Right. Sure, I'll buy that. But, yeah, in, like if you put Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper, you know, zombie Cliff Jumper in Transformers Prime, that so would not have worked. No. Um, <laughs> you know, Kevin said he doesn't like Stryka in animated. Uh the only thing is, it's not like they—it's not like they added her as they added the Constructicons. It's not like they added Stryka to bolster the Decepticon ranks. They showed her as part of a 
a team attacking the space bridges because they kept mentioning these these Decepticon uprisings at the corner of the at, at the rim of the galaxy and crap like that. So you have to show some Decepticons, and I think it was a nice nod. And plus, again, as I said with Waspinator, Derek J. Wyatt is also a huge Stryka fan. He actually has a Stryka puggle former from Cali. <laughs> I think he has all of the of the puggle form. Well, except for the you know a couple dozen that you got. But. I out of actual Transformers characters for Puggles, I only and we're we're going off here. One, two, three, four. If you five, have to count, there's too many. Six. I only have six actual Transformers Puggles. The rest are all just regular individuals designs. Seven, actually. I forgot to count Cheetor. <laughs> okay, so getting into Three's a Crowd, the only note I had for Kevin was um, he basically called us out and said, you guys lied to me. This is the second time we've seen the Headmaster again. First this... of all, there's a huge difference between seeing Henry Masterson, the Headmaster, and just seeing the Headmaster unit being used. I mean... Exactly. It's right. just the robot. It wasn't like Masterson showed up. And it was barely even that. I mean, it was just the unit itself, and it was there for all of 30 seconds. Exactly. So, no, I, I don't count that as a, as a headmaster appearance. No, no. no. Uh, Steve, did you have anything to reply to Kevin on? Uh, no. Okay. You summed it up. You just agree with everything we say? Yes. Michael, anything to reply to Kevin on for Three's a Crowd? Not for Three's a Crowd. Okay. Where is thy sting? Uh, he says that... Uh, Wasp, Wasp's voice is a cross between something, something, and Elmo. And oh, I was like, Gollum. Elmo? Gollum oh. and Elmo. That, it's more that like doesn't... Gollum and uh, Spongebob. I didn't catch Gollum at all. I could maybe see Elmo, but it, to me it sounded more like an Elmo-Spongebob type of thing. It's not McNeil. <laughs> sure, it's not McNeil, but come on. I mean, you know, it, it could it could have been better. I would have been happier, but... Uh, with something different, but I I don't see I I don't see Gollum and Elmo in there. Yeah, he mentioned something about the the fact that the the paint switch wasn't that interesting. What was interesting about it was how they did it. The button it yeah. seemed pretty lame to me. I mean, I liked I liked seeing uh, Bumblebee try to you know cover himself in mustard. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But, uh, it, you know, at the end, it's like, oh, all I had to do is push this button and I could have changed back. I mean, eventually he would have figured that out, right? Yeah, probably. If he was smart. <laughs> um, yes, Sentinel still sucks. We all agree on that. Yes. For the most part. We all agree on that. Yeah. Um, Automobot. Will the real Pecan Court Michael please stand up? We now have another person amongst our ranks making up uh, Transformers words now. Automobot? He stumbled over his word and he's uh, Automobot. So it <laughs> reminded me of your Autobotly. Oh, yes, that's a word. No, it's not. <laughs> I coined it. It is. It's a word. You, you owe me a dollar now for saying it. No, no, I don't. <laughs> Royalties. Through that. To uh, kick in the log nuts. Exactly. I agreed on what he uh, said about Safeguard. I mean, Safeguard, it's a decent idea. It's just crappy execution. Um, Again, I didn't like the toy. I didn't like their voice. I don't like anything about them. Uh, Autobot plane brothers who combined into one big robot. 
I could deal with that, but I just I don't like these planes. I don't like the robots. I don't like the way they combine. I don't like their voices. I don't like anything about them. In, in fact, if you had pulled them out of this episode completely, we probably wouldn't have noticed. Probably not. They they really had no place here. It didn't make any sense. Yeah. No, not really. Um, anything else to reply to Kevin on, on I almost said five servos, um, on, uh, where is thy sting? Uh, lastly, yeah, he, he gave this an eight out of 10 and I, I'm thinking, no, I don't, I don't, I mean, if, if it had just been the A story, sure, maybe seven, eight out of 10, but the B story was ridiculous. And then you've got, um, and you've got the the uh, the Autobot twins in there, which I didn't like. Yeah. So no, eh. eh. And lastly, to reply to him on five servos of doom, Yoketron. It's like he's the master of making eggs. Oh, oh God. <laughs> who's your daddy? <laughs> who's your who's your eggy? No, it mentions the uh, the jail cells. And showing them off in the jail cells, and he mentions that he wasn't sure, or he didn't know, he he thought that was a cool design and hadn't seen that before. I can think of two specific references in Transformers history where they actually show jail cells. Ravage in G1 was in a yeah. mini jail cage, animal cage thing. Right. When and they, they locked up the uh, Sonicons. They locked up the Sonicons. Yeah. Uh, and in Beast, uh, uh, Beast Wars, Megatron was in Ravage's holding cell. Uh, yeah. Oh, and that was more like this. Yeah. Okay. I'll buy that. Yeah. But uh, no. To go back to uh, Yokitron. I mean, Yokitron is kind of a, a weird name, but again, it, it's an, a, a direct homage to Hideyoko Yoki. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got to know who he is to understand, you know, why you know the, this this uh, you know old Asian master is is so important to the mythos. Why? Why? He, why does this guy, out of all the other guys, you know, get get his own character? Right. You know, it's because it's it's Yoki-san. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah he's he's yeah. he is he's he is the, the the grandfather of the of the Transformers. He was he was designing these back in the Diaclone days. Yeah, and my last note for Kevin on Five Servos was uh, he mentioned stuff about not seeing any humans this episode. You aren't going to see a lot of the humans in Season 3. Well, except for one episode, but that guy hates machines, so. Well, you see, yeah, well, yeah, you're going to see him, and you're going to see, uh, someday. Well, yeah, but I mean, I think what he means about the fact that it's it's now more robot-centric, it's not, you know, those throwaway human villain episodes, so. Yeah, and now, now that you find out Sari's a robot and she doesn't have a key anymore, kind of. Yep. Kind of makes it, those appearances a little, little more, or a little more tolerable. Yes. Uh, he, he was complaining about cyber ninjas, and oh, they're it doesn't awesome. make any sense to have cyber ninjas. Well, you know, yeah, they're awesome, and ninjas sell toys. You know, we'll, we'll break that up. But the fact is that cyber ninjas have a precedent in G one. I mean, we had cyber ninjas. There was, I mean, there, there's a reason why. Metallicado and Circuit Sue aren't just made up words, you know, it's yeah. because in G1 there were references to Transformers who practiced Metallicado and Circuit Sue, and that they, you know, like Bludgeon is supposed to be—I don't—I think he was supposed to be a ninja, but you know, he practiced Metallicado, 
Um, you've got Nightbird, who was, I don't want to say a Transformers ninja, but you know she was a, a robot ninja that was in G1. So, you know, there there is precedent there. Yeah, there is. And I think that it 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 diversifies the animated universe. You have Optimus Prime, who was the Elite Guard washout, who was technically he if he hadn't washed out, he would have been a military bot. You have Ratchet the Medic, you have Bumblebee the Goof Off, Bulkhead that shouldn't even be there. So Prowl and Jazz being like this whole other division you know, this whole other aspect of the Autobot army, I think that's pretty cool. They never really explained how Prowl ended up on that ship. I mean, we know why no, they, Bumblebee it's... and Bulkhead are there. We know why Ratchet's there. Yeah. We're going to find out why Prime is there, right? How how he washed out exactly, which was no fault of his own. But Prowl, you know, all we know about Prowl is that, you know, he he was a prisoner because he didn't want to fight, but then he became a ninja, Ooh, well, so it's no, like, I... well, how how did he end up as a in a washout crew? See, I I, I was almost going to say maybe the quest that Yokitron sent him on, the vision quest or the optics quest or whatever he, the hell you want to call it. He failed that. Yeah, he failed his optic quest. He came back to apologize, and then found that Yokitron was okay. Dying. Now, see, I I was almost going to make a comparison that maybe now at this time was the was the optics quest, but yeah, no, that that wouldn't make any sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if if anything, I would almost say that the last two seasons of the show has been Prowl's optics quest. Probably, yeah. You know, and now he's learned his lesson. He sees that you know, he actually comes out and says it. Well, I've learned something. Yeah. Before now, I know that. The, the 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 parts don't make the bot, you know? Yep. Um, all right, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast or so ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, www.geekcastradio.com. You can stream all of our shows on Stitcher, stitcher.com. Uh, they have iPhone, smartphone apps that are free, and you can stream every episode. Leave the show's feedback in iTunes. Please do this. Follow us on Twitter. The show name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG and Mike. Michael, what is your Twitter? PeconsVT Michael. You actually remembered this week. I and I was ready for it. Yes. <laughs> Steve, what is your Twitter? Burnt toast. No, at SCP twenty one. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash geekcast or radio network. Call the voicemail line. Tell us the show you're leaving the message for and your name. 502-526-5821. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast. I wish you'll join us next time. We'll be reviewing... Technically, it's four, but it, I counted as three more episodes from Transformers Animated Season 3. Those being Predacons Rising, The Human Error Two-Parter, and Decepticon Air. For now, I am TFG1 Mike with Michael Wilson and Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again next week. Soon, you will take your place among your Cyber Ninja brothers. Is that space for a former student who brought shame to the Cyber Ninja Corps? But let us not dwell on the past.
How did you process uh, over matter? Transform and roll out. 